This is Cultivate a Good Life, Episode 6, Check Your Marriage Temperature. Welcome back, you guys. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's, it's morning. not necessarily morning. Yeah, you but... You cannot assume when they're listening to the podcast. But don't you think they'd appreciate a good morning regardless? Good morning, everybody. <laughs> or afternoon or night. <laughs> I have to say what I'm doing right now that you probably don't even know. What? I put on really comfortable socks. I kicked my boots off, and I'm just wearing socks as we Ooh. record this. You want to know why? Because it's cloudy and delightful here right. in Arizona. It's Arizona. It's October, and it's below 90 degrees, and so I'm basically chilly. We have our winter <laughs> coats on, and we're eating soup for dinner tonight. <laughs> no, but I really the, – the main reason, to be honest, is I'm just wanting to be as comfortable and cozy as possible for the topic we're about to go into. Oh, I am so excited. It's a good topic. Yeah, it's really good. I'm very excited. But first, remember the last episode? Oh, I sure do. Episode five, time the juggle is real. What was your big takeaway? That was a great, great episode. I really loved every piece of it. And it helped me to kind of, I already knew a bunch of the stuff mm-hmm. that we that was in the content of the episode, but it made me kind of revisit it and rethink about it, mm-hmm. about the things I'm spending time on in my life and the, the purpose of my life and deciding where to put my focus and energy and being able to do fewer things, but being able to do those fewer things in a more effective way. Yeah. So because of that episode, my takeaway, I sat down with my husband. We talked about all the different things we have going on in our life. And I decided that um, my apparel business, Mom Diggity Designs, is going to take a back seat. We're not going to be doing anything with it. And we're going to just let that take a back seat. So I can really focus on you guys and the podcast. Mm-hmm. And because this brings me... A lot of joy and I'm excited to focus lots more of my energy on the podcast and mom diggity designs which was great it's just not the time for it right now times and seasons exactly no that's so I feel great about it and as soon as I made you? the decision both he and I felt really good Aww. about that decision and so that's the best ever I good mean, steps forward the fact that you felt so good about the decision is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's just to me a cherry on top and that bonus that if you if you have that type of spousal support, yeah. In your case, Taylor was really supportive and felt all of that with you. Mm-hmm. That is a major win because you're on the same page, and that's not a small deal. You've been running that business for several years, mm-hmm. and you really did enjoy it, and it was really a fun thing in your life. It was um, fun. But yeah, you felt the shift. And, and I do love that there are times and seasons at that sometimes yeah. things do need to take a backseat and sometimes something else does need more yeah. of our attention. And it's not always about projects or work-related things, mm-hmm. but it's trading something good for something better. And yeah. what was right uh, for me a few years ago is not necessarily what's right for me and my family today. Mm-hmm. I love so that. That's great. Thanks for sharing. How about you? Um, okay. So I really think that I'm going to be more intentional about, because you know, I'm a list maker mm-hmm. and I keep track of my tasks and to do's and I have a system in my notebook. And we talked all about that in episode five, but something that I haven't been implementing and I'm going to 
like I'm going to start doing this like this week Mm -hmm. is somewhere on that page of my active to do's that are happening right now. Mm -hmm. I am going to write the long-term goal for the month and the year. Oh, that's a great idea. Like we were talking about, Mm -hmm. um, what was it called? The rule of, the uh, rule of three, rule of three, Mm -hmm. um, from that book. It's all in episode five, but I'm thinking about that more and how, I say all the time, begin with the end in mind, quoting Stephen R. Covey. Like, that's such a huge part of my philosophy in life in general. Right. And yet, for my action list on an ongoing basis, I didn't really have that visible. And I think that's a super applicable thing that I should try. Let me – I want to see those words. What is my biggest goal um, in certain areas of my life for the month and also for the year and have that in writing with my other stuff? Well, and to make sure that the items that you've listed as your action list for the day – are feeding that goal, are mm-hmm. bringing you closer to that goal. And that maybe it'll help you to eliminate, you, you know, what? some of the non-important, non-essential tasks. That's a good point. I think you're right. That actually could be what it is, is the elimination. Because I, I really don't think that we should be doing everything that's on our list. Because well, we just can't do everything on our list. No. I mean, really. Right. And it's good, better, best. Yep. That was a good episode. I liked it. And speaking of that episode, all five, man, we just bombed you guys <laughs> we we got a put dose. them all out there so we launched we did. and we we kind of we we're calling it a soft launch honestly because it didn't um, make it onto itunes on the 15th of october which was our launch date and that's okay let um, me explain itunes has a process wherewith they have a physical human being sift mm-hmm. through your initial content to make sure you're not illicit which you know, I assure you, we are not. <laughs> and so that process can take a few minutes or a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be looking very forward to getting the official stamp of approval. Yes. Please like us, iTunes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they will because we're definitely not illicit. No, no, no. And there's, there's a whole lot of other things I bet they're looking for. But by the time this episode comes out, we very oh, well sure. probably yeah, will be, be on iTunes. Yeah, on iTunes. And so, so the, but we'll call it the soft launch. The soft launch happened. All five episodes were released. And I cannot tell you guys how grateful we both feel that so many of you tuned in, even through links on the web. Yes. BeckyHiggins.com forward slash podcast is where people could find all those links. We're just thankful. Like I can't believe how many people already have been tuning in and listening and we're starting to get messages and we're thankful. So one of those messages that we got um, is from Julie in Banks, Oregon. Now I'm going to share this for a purpose. Are you ready? I'm so, (laughs) so ready. We have been talking about how grateful we would be if you guys share about the podcast um, leave us reviews on iTunes, which of course to this minute haven't been possible um, because it isn't live there. But um, we've shared our email, which is podcast at beckyhiggins.com. Well, anyway, since there aren't official reviews yet, I have pulled an email from Julie in Banks, Oregon, and she has shared something that I'm going to share because um, we needed to choose somebody to win some free stuff. Whoop, whoop. Yep. Love some free stuff. We're going to send Julie, just for being awesome, we're going to send her a t-shirt that says Cultivate a Good Life and a simple notebook and a set of note cards. And we're going to hook this girl up because we love her already. And here's the fun fact about Julie. She is the very first listener that sent a review about the podcast to us. Yes. So we are really grateful. Here's what she said. I just listened to your first podcast and I am hooked. Becky Becky. I love that. Becky Becky. 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 
<laughs> you are both so easy to listen to. I have to say, BH, listening to you talk about praying about things going on in your life really makes me think. I hear you say this a lot, not just in this podcast, that you pray about things. I've never been one who prays about things. I think things over, but that's different. Listening to you say it today really has me wanting to pray more. I just wanted to share that with you. Ladies, I am looking forward to more of your bits of advice and wisdom. Let your freak flags fly. P.S. I don't have any sisters, so I am officially adopting Becky Squared. Aww. You're our sister, Julie. I love that. I love that so much. So Julie and I have been in touch and I've got our address and we're going to send her stuff. And I mention all of this because we want to do that once in a while. We want to be able to share a review that you guys are leaving on iTunes um, and and just hook you up. I mean, you're going to need some stuff. So thanks for that hug, Julie, waking up today. You know, it's kind of scary launching a podcast and putting yourself out there. And that was a really great little virtual hug for us this morning. So thanks, Julie. You're awesome. It's a good way to put it. It is a virtual hug. All right. Well, you guys know that in addition to your support and being here and us feeling your virtual hugs and um, you listening and sharing it with your friends and all that, we also know that the podcast is possible because we have these fantastic sponsors, these brands and companies that we personally love and that we've reached out to and that we also feel you would love. We wouldn't reach out to these companies or brands if we didn't think that you would benefit in some some small way, at least. So without further ado, we are so pleased to share with you this week's sponsor. There's just something about putting words on display in your home or wherever you spend time. Words that are inspiring or funny or whatever you want them to be. We can attest to this because both of us love and have and use letter boards in our home and at the office. The moment I laid eyes on the Jet Made boards, it was love at first sight. Just simply from a style standpoint, these boards are totally up my alley, modern and clean and just so well designed. Then you add the fact that the letters are magnetic and it just makes the whole thing so much fun. As a side note, and because I love behind-the-scenes fun facts, JetMade was founded by high school sweethearts Paul and Laura Heslop, who have now been married for nearly 13 years. They launched JetMade in 2017 as a side hustle while Laura was busy at home with three kids and Paul was running their other business. And since we're talking about marriage in this episode, and because I started my business with my husband as well... I just love knowing this about JetMade. Okay, so these boards. I'm just saying you need one in your life. When you see pictures on our social media and in the show notes, you'll see what I mean. Plus, what a great gift idea. It's worth mentioning that the word jet in the dictionary means to stick out or stand out. With JetMade, the letters literally stick off the board and they are meant to stick out or stand out in your life as well. Check it all out at jetmade.com and be sure to enter Becky10 at checkout so that you can save 10%. This is an exclusive discount for you as our dear listeners. I am so excited about today's content um, because today we are talking about marriage. And if you're someone who's not married, this advice totally applies in really any relationship, I would think, that's important to you and that's a central relationship in your life. Specifically today, we are going to be talking about checking your marriage temperature. Uh, Let me first say that my husband, Taylor, who you have... Been introduced to. Been introduced to and hear me refer to as, <laughs> you know, this dead muffin of my life. <laughs> we have just celebrated our 15-year wedding anniversary. Woo-hoo! 
which by no means makes me or us or any of us a marriage expert. Sure. But we have been able to overcome some things, and I've learned a lot. I'm also a person that really loves taking classes, reading books. I love actively mm-hmm. learning new things, new techniques um, to help me make my marriage the best that it can be. So on our 15-year anniversary this year, we have kind of long since let go of the notion of like, it's our anniversary and romance and flowers. Like we have decided on our anniversaries, we tackle a new goal. So one year we hiked the Grand Canyon. We've done things like that. This year we actually decided to do a DIY project where we built some built-ins in our uh, laundry room, which was fantastic and great so we try to work on something together so the goal is that you actually work on that like around the timing of the anniversary not set a new goal but like around the anniversary you you um execute the goal is that what you're saying yes so taylor has decided he takes that day off work as a vacation day Uh and so we spend that whole day together tackling a new goal doing something i love it that's it's so awesome. Cool. I love it. And it's a little bit more of a different spin on an anniversary. I but think for that's us, fantastic. It's really cool. It's great. And we get to do a lot of, of new and interesting things. Love it. But Taylor and I were having a conversation as we were doing uh, these built-ins about Facebook in particular and thinking about – I said, honey, do you ever feel bad that I don't like put this big Facebook gushy love post about you? And he's like, no, no, I don't care. He said, what we should do – is put a post on Facebook that's like a reality, like a real-time marriage. <laughs> and so we kind of decided... This is what it really is. Exactly. <laughs> so we kind of decided it would sound something like this. Oh like, boy. hooray, we made it to 15 years. I'm pretty sure there have been days where both of us had wanted to punch each other in the face <laughs> and days where both of us have probably wanted out. And we made it through. We worked through all those mm-hmm. feelings, the ups and downs, because you guys, for real... And I need you to hear me when I say this. When you're married, it doesn't always feel like being in love. Mm. And I adore my husband. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I don't love him. But there have totally been times brought on by stress, brought on by hormones, having babies, lack of sleep, whatever it may be for you. But there have totally been times where I can guarantee you he wasn't looking at me with hard eyes mm-hmm. or I wasn't looking at him with hard eyes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you don't need to work on your marriage, but it definitely, that is not a reason to end your marriage. Right. That's a reason to continue to work through. And when you have two people willing to work through, you really can work through most anything. Yeah. And so just to remember that, if you're not feeling the feels, we're going to give you some tips today that will help you hopefully begin to feel the feels again. But know that you're not alone. It's okay. Yeah. Time passes. It ebbs and flows. And that's kind of the nature of it. I don't know a marriage that doesn't ebb and flow. Right. Right. I mean, that's just a, that is a reality and it's something that's important to keep perspective on because when and if you hit those bumps in the road or those deeply trying times, mm-hmm. um, then for the most part, there are exceptions. If you are truly are, exceptions. are in danger mm-hmm. um, or your children are in danger, that is a, that is a topic for another day. And in, in fact, one that we aren't really... Um, Equipped. Equipped to handle. It's, you know, get help. But the action there would be to get help, right? If you're in a situation like that, get help. If you're Mm -hmm. not in a situation like that, my husband and I, and I'm sharing all this stuff completely with his permission. He has gone over all the notes. Yeah, that's great. Um, 
But, you know, there was a time in our marriage where he was working a ton. I had mm-hmm. just had our second baby. And I think I had mentioned before, I have postpartum. I was sleep deprived. It was just a really hard time. And we totally, we went to marriage counseling and it mm-hmm. helped tremendously. That's awesome. And I was kind of embarrassed about that. Like, hmm. oh, we're in marriage counseling. Like, I was hesitant to do it. But it was such a great thing. And I remember walking in and the marriage counselor said, well, you guys look like you still like each other. So that that's great. We That's already half the job done. And I thought, okay, huh. this is good. good And it felt to me really kind of like a traumatic thing at first, but I walked in and I was so, so glad I did. So don't be afraid of of marriage, marriage counseling, marriage therapy, whatever. No, that's a really good thing to bring up. I, it's, um, I think it's something that most marriages probably should do. I honestly, I think even now, and we're, you know, our kids are a little bit older, Mm -hmm. so we're in a way less stressful time of life, but I I mean, we could go every week and totally benefit at any point in our marriage. So can I tell you a fun fact before you get deep into sure. your fun fact? Um, when I was in college, my major was family science. That's my degree, actually. And for a period of time, um, at first, I thought I was going to go into early childhood education, ECE. Cool. That was mm-hmm. my emphasis. Long story short, dropped the emphasis and was like, well, I'm going to do just family science because I want to get my degree and I know that my future is in scrapbooking. I Because by then, it had, had fallen into my... Yeah, yeah. That, that is mm-hmm. a story for another day. The point in bringing this up is that when I was really processing, well, what am I going to do with a family science degree? What does that mean for me? What I seriously considered and was like the main thing that I considered within that degree was counseling, but it was a marriage enhancement direction mm-hmm. that I wanted to take, not so a not marriage. crisis management Correct. kind of. Yes. And oh, so that's cool. the reason I say that is, not, and I'm not even the one sharing most of what we're going to talk about today. That's what I'm so excited about is it's ironic to me. I've always found this ironic mm-hmm. that I say to people, I think most marriages should have counseling. Mm-hmm. Go see a therapist, you know, and yet David and I haven't. We, we have just never yeah. chosen that. Mm-hmm. And that's the irony. And so I don't say that with um, anything other than just, isn't that interesting that I think that most marriages should, and yet I have chosen not to. And so that's why my comfy socks are on, because you're my therapist <laughs> today. <laughs> We're going to hopefully have a marriage enhancement Right. Class. I'm ready. I'm so ready. This and is, you know the great I'm thing is if you're listening today – Kudos to you because yeah. you want to enhance your marriage. Yes. And and that's a key, right? Having two parties who really just want right. the best for their marriage. And if you're if you're listening and you don't feel that your spouse wants to put forth the effort that you do, hang on. We got you. We got you. And it isn't always going to feel like an equal amount of effort. So mm-hmm. let's let's go. Let's, let's dive go with in. That. All right. First, what I wanted to start with, and I attended a class. And I actually have contacted the teacher of this class. Her name is Tamara Fackrell. She mm-hmm. is an amazing um, – she's actually a divorce attorney. Oh. And she teaches marriage classes. It's, cool. it's awesome with, with the lessons she's learned. Unfortunately, the content of that class is not available online. So I'm going to relay this first part. Um, that was from her class. And I will link this also on the, um, on the show notes so that you can have this information. Okay, so first, I want you to think about your marriage, your relationship. Um, and it can be categorized – in one of four ways. Now, you could be half in another category. So you could be 20% one category, 80% another. Totally fine. But we don't even need to discuss these. I'm just going to read them to kind of yeah, food food for thought to kind of gauge where you're at. Um, the first definition is a, a high-conflict marriage. And it's basically just what it sounds like. It's a marriage full of power struggles, conflict. Most of your interactions are negative um, or volatile. Okay. The next level is a collaborative marriage. 
unified in purpose, you have a shared vision, and you have excellent self-mastery. And we'll get into that self-mastery in a minute, but the next level is a cooperative marriage. So you have joint connections, open lines of effective communication, you enjoy each other, always good. And this is where a majority of marriages fall into. Okay. Okay. The parallel marriage is characterized by honoring differences, but you're doing things separately. So that would be more of the situation of like we found ourselves and we're kind of like roommates. Mm. Which there have been I phases in saying. my life where we've fallen into that and had to had I, to get out. I did like that it said honoring differences, though, because mm-hmm. to me that sounded very positive because there is a difference there's a distinction in two people living parallel lives where they really truly just everything is separate right but regardless of which category you feel like you fit in i think that it is important to honor differences we are different but are we honoring them you're two separate people so obviously the goal is for all of us to have that collaborative marriage where we're unified in purpose you have shared vision working towards goals together and you have excellent self mastery. Mm-hmm. So how do we get to that collaborative? Tell me. How do we? How does that happen? So I'm going to give you a few tips we're going to talk about that will get you started on that journey to having a collaborative marriage. The first thing is it starts with you. Yeah. It all starts with you. You have to be a whole and fulfilled person and that is not an expectation that you can place on your spouse because to be honest, even if you think, well, if my husband did this, if my wife did this, then I would be happy. It's really a lie. Mm-hmm. You're going to be happy with your spouse. If you're not happy with your spouse, you're not going to be happier without your spouse. And so that's an important thing to remember when talking about divorce. If you are not happy with your spouse, you will not be happy without your spouse. Okay? Good point. So tips with that, you need to become a whole person. I know for me, there have been times in my marriage where I was looking for my husband to fulfill certain mm. needs, and that was a lot of expectation and pressure on him. And it's just simply a myth. Communicated or not, by the way. Because exactly. sometimes it can be communicated and sometimes it can just be implied and expected without being communicated. But at the end of the day, none of it matters. If you're expecting someone else to be your happiness, right? you will set yourself up for disappointment. And how, how awful for your spouse to have that. I would be that devastated <laughs> if all of my husband's happiness was dependent on me. That, oh, would, gosh. Be, that would be terribly... Oh gosh, that would be yeah. a lot of stress. It'd be a disaster, <clears throat> it, it and it would be work. a disaster because I would in, I would inevitably fail. There's sure. no way to not to not fail at that. Sure. So some things it starts with me. These are the things that are helpful for me. Okay. Um, if I am physically fit, I know there have been times in my life, and we all kind of have varying degrees of this. And when I say physically fit, I'm not saying your body's perfect and your. That's not what I'm saying. It's I'm not saying about fitness. Are, yeah. Exactly. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you healthy? Are you eating healthy food? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you working out and having a strong, healthy sense of self and a strong and healthy body? For me, that is very, very crucial. And when I don't do those things, um, it tends to bleed over into my marriage. I will just say amen to that. Yes. So being physically fit yeah. in every way. Yeah, I love that. The second one is, is am I taking time to be spiritually fed? Mm. For me, that means going to church, reading my scriptures, praying. It might mean something totally different to you. Mm -hmm. Another thing I know Becky has touched on before is taking that time to be still, taking that time to be introspective with myself. And however you define your spirituality, just taking that quiet time to make sure that my spirit is also taken care of. 
And then, of course, hopefully the result is if you're taking care of those two things, your emotions become stable. Mm -hmm. My sweet husband has seen me through more emotional outbursts due to hormones or me not taking care of myself during the child-rearing years. He really should. Like, he is a saint in my book for, for seeing me through the times in my life where maybe I was not as emotionally stable. So I feel like now... That I'm not, I'm no longer in the child bearing years mm-hmm. or we're not, you know, we're not starting a new business, all those really stressful times. For heaven's sakes, I owe it to him. He has earned these emotionally stable years. <laughs> you should like make a plaque or something like you've earned this. Congratulations. I'm going to be emotionally stable for the rest of our lives together. <laughs> oh, I sure hope so. But I know if I'm doing those things, even if I have a moment of being emotional, I know how to get myself out of it, right? Yeah, I know yeah. how to determine my own happiness, yeah. which brings me to my next point. You are in charge of your own happiness. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is so important. You cannot put your happiness on your spouse. You know, spouses go through things too. It's not all about right. us, right? Spouses go through addiction. They go through stresses with work. And and the stress that they have is completely separate from ours. You've got to find a way to be in charge of your own happiness. Your spouse cannot make you happy or really unhappy. They can put you in a tough situation That's that you right. need to work through, but you are ultimately in charge of your own happiness. So take charge. Figure it out. Figure it out. Those things that make you happy. I have so much nodding going on. Nodding. I'm like a nodding to the so men. much. And I, I think that's preventing me from saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh mm-hmm, amen. Preach, sister. Because <laughs> I really, I feel such agreement with what you're yeah. sharing. I really, and and not because I think it sounds like a good idea. I've lived it. I yeah, know it. You know it My works. husband has lived it. Mm-hmm. He knows it. Like, and, and you, we have to embrace that we the fact that we don't have to depend on or should depend on each other for happiness but if we are ind- independently happy because of these things that you've just outlined mm-hmm. it it can completely change your experience and and your happiness it's a very real thing keep going sister. sometimes in life okay and i've had these times i know the other becky the other the other Becky the other one. has had these has had we've all had these times where things suck. Yeah. Like we've all hard. been there. It's yeah. just hard mm-hmm. times. And so making a concerted effort to recognize and embrace moments of happiness. Mm-hmm. So what could a moment of happiness be? I'll, I'll give you my husband Are you looking for one. Oh. Made the bed. Uh, oh, yeah. moment mm-hmm. of happiness. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I was just thinking when you said that, it like took me back to a really, a particularly challenging time where it was kind of an external stress. But anyway, it was really stressful for both of us, really hard thing. And I remember that anytime I made an acknowledgement that, hey, we're going through this together. Mm-hmm. I, I have a husband that loves me and I love him and we're going through it together. So even though it's, it was so hard, it mm-hmm. was like one of the hardest things that we had ever been through, we're together and we're going to get through it together. And so even though it didn't take the trial away, it helped me to recognize the See blessings that, blessing that were in, in front it. of me. Exactly. Yeah. And it takes effort to recognize those blessings, especially, you know, we've had times of financial stress. We've had times of starting businesses. Mm-hmm. And when my husband was in school, when he was with a company, he traveled a, a lot and mm-hmm. he was gone a bunch. And a lot of those things and those life pressures can easily rob you of seeing the simple joys, yeah. the simple, you know, for you, it was just that David was there. Yeah. And man, if you need to start there. Right. 
your spouse is there. That person, the person's there. Now there is that's a starting point. It is a starting point, and a lot of the trials look like that. I do want to also mention we may have listeners who are like, okay, yeah, good for you, but mm-hmm. I don't feel that. I right. don't feel unified with my spouse. I don't feel like my spouse is is there. We're going through this together. I feel like the problem is with my spouse. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not therapists. We're not life coaches. That's not our area of expertise. But to the point that Becky is making, that is no matter what the trial is and how deeply difficult it is, yeah. looking for any blessings in front of you. Mm-hmm. It, the blessing may not be, well, we're going through it together and my husband loves me, but the it may be. The blessing could be that Cocoa Puffs are on sale at the grocery store. <laughs> no, I mean, for real. really, it could for be real. that someone waved to you or you felt yes. a moment of connection with someone, yes. right? Yeah. Any blessings. Recognize Any blessings. Them. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that has been tremendously helpful for me and in, in making sure that I am a whole happy person is discovering my passion and engaging in a life that I choose and that I love mm-hmm. because we are not just passengers. And to be quite real and honest, uh, when I, I had mentioned before that when I first started having kids and I was a, um, totally a stay-at-home mom, uh, which is, by the way, the hardest job in the world. So Ooh, if you are a stay-at-home yeah. mom, like pat yes. yourself on the back. Good job, girl. Or just feel the virtual hug coming right have, through these microphones. Sakes, if you're balancing that mm-hmm. and a job, like just give yourself a pat on the back because you're doing it. Good for you. That's hard. Um. But I kind of felt a little bit – I developed a little bit of resentment because I was a little bit jealous. Like, oh, I, I, I'm a business-minded person. And I did feel that little piece of like my babies were all really easy. And I remember one day like as my son was taking a four-hour nap, just watching TV for four hours. And we lived in a kind of a small little townhouse. And I thought, I, what am I doing? Like I'm watching TV. For, I, I need to like – fill my life up and so I I had some feelings of resentment a little bit towards my husband interesting and 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 it kind of forced me to look at okay I'm living the life that I choose and right now I'm choosing to be a stay-at-home mom which which was a really really rewarding and beautiful time but it helped to remind myself that I am in charge of what's going on in my life for sure right and my husband totally would support anything I wanted to do so to kind of look for what am I passionate about Right then I was passionate about my babies and my children and being there for them in that way, which was great. Mm-hmm. Now when they're a little bit older, it looks a little bit different. So discover, really think about what is your passion mm-hmm. and engage in that in that way. Develop that passion. I love that. Because once you have something kind of on your own, it just really helps to to create that whole person. Whether it's work-related or not. It, it, could, could, be, be, it could be anything. It could be a hobby. It could be the way that you reach out and serve other people, which, could by the way. Could be reading books. Yes. Could Serving other people, just a side mm-hmm. note. Like, if you want to find a way to be happier, reaching outside of yourself is going to be. Reaching uh, outside yourself is always, in marriage, in life, is always the thing that can Always heal. a positive thing. It can mm-hmm. heal for sure. Well, for me, sometimes when I get in that thought cycle of like, I'm unhappy, I'm the stay-at-home mom, I'm the... Mm-hmm. It helps me to look outside myself and be like, dang, you are blessed. Like, look at all the things you have in your life. And kind of stepping outside your circumstance for a minute helps me to, like you were saying, through service, helps me to, to put that effort towards... And when I put my effort towards bettering someone else's circumstances, it makes me realize... How yes. darn lucky I am in Absolutely. my cir- circumstances. I love that you said that you are not a passenger, that you really do have to take control. And it just clicked with me that that's why you were singing earlier. 
Oh, <laughs> what was that? What was it? Jesus take the wheel. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus That's, take the wheel. That oh, is a. I was hoping statement. you were going to sing it, but oh, you didn't. So it. every listener is. I'm going to really. I'm going to really focus on if that will organically come. <laughs> In our life, too, we need to recognize on what we can control. Yes. Because we all have things we can control. And to be honest with you, and especially depending on your situation in your marriage, there are things you absolutely cannot control. So spend your efforts. Focus your time and energies on the things you can control. Absolutely. You absolutely can control yourself. And if there are bigger things in your marriage that you cannot control, Mm -hmm. focus on the pieces you can control. Mm -hmm. And stop trying to put effort towards the things that you really can't change. Yeah. So I'll very helpful. I'll just interject with one thing because I was thinking, okay, what, you know, what's, what's an example of something that I have been able to be in control of, even if we are in a rough patch together, for example, Mm -hmm. right? And one of the things that was so helpful to me during times that were less than stellar is I had the control. I had complete control over my view of my husband Meaning, yes. if I were able to look at him um, as if God was looking at him, mm-hmm. meaning seeing him as as a child of God, as a as a innately good person, because we all came to this earth as innately good people, right? right? And we all make mistakes, and nobody's perfect, and we all know that. But when I choose, there's a control. When I choose to look at David for the good things that he does and the good that he is, that's totally in my control. Yeah. He could be the worst person in the world or the best person in the world. Depending on your perception. Exactly. Depending on what you choose to put your energy towards recognizing. That's right. Because obviously you marry this person. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Right. If you're amazing, they're amazing. Right. So recognize, remember, put your efforts towards really focusing on the things about your spouse. And I have found, and I'm sure you have too, when I am focusing on the things that make Taylor Amazing. awesome, which uh-huh. he's I mean, he just awesome, is, yeah. But, um, <laughs> and I vocalize that. It yeah. helps to, when he vocalizes it about me, it helps to bring out my awesome for instead sure. of maybe and vo- my not awesome. Well, listen, you're pure awesome, so there's Thank that. You. But vocalizing doesn't even have to be just to each other. Vocalizing in front of your children or to your children about your spouse or in your journal or wherever, however that looks for you, but mm-hmm. expressing it. And, and also, the more that we proactively look for the positive in our spouse, the more positive we're going to actually uncover You're and see. discover. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Also in this, I just want to talk about, and this is a life skill that, to be honest, I'm still working on, but I've really discovered in the past two years. And it's, it's an exercise called monitoring your light. Okay. And what it is is taking a look – having some of that quiet time that Becky was talking about, taking a look and monitoring your light level. Okay. How, how am I doing personally with my light? Thinking about what brings me light. What are activities in my day-to-day that bring me joy and peace and light? And what are some that diminish my light? Mm. That extends to what are some friends that when mm. I walk away from, I feel light? What are the friends that diminish my light? And What's... sometimes that may that may vacillate. So if a friend is going through something hard, yes, interacting with them and giving them your support may diminish your light a little bit because of what they're going through. That's okay. I'm talking about those energy stealing people that that exist in in your life and just diminish your li- your light on a regular basis. And social media. Yeah, social and media, your all interaction. Media. 
mm-hmm. books that you're reading, shows TV. that you're watching, mm-hmm. anything that you are consuming, because we consume content every day through lots of different media types. Yeah. Be really mindful about that as well, not just the living, breathing people in your physical space. Okay, so what do you do when you notice that your light stores are getting down? One very important thing, do not let your light tank get to empty. Mm -hmm. When you are starting to feel your light is getting low, halt. Halt and examine why it's getting low. And then you need to figure out some things you need to do to restore light. Because in my life, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And that is the truth. I Mm -hmm. really set the tone. And when I find that my light stores are low – it bleeds over into my friendships. It bleeds over into my marriage. It bleeds over into my parenting. In every area of my life, it kind of ends up oozing its nasty little head into. It does. Whether you want it to or not, that happens. When your light stores are low is the time to hunker down and to restore your light. Your light comes before anything else, before a friend that's in need, you need to hunker down and you need to restore your light. And so you need to figure out what are things you do that restore your light. For me, um, I really enjoy hiking. I've mentioned this Mm -hmm. before. I enjoy hiking a great deal. I enjoy singing in my car. I enjoy what I'm going to share with you. And I really feel strongly about this. It might seem silly, but for me, it actually really, really, really restores light to my life. Okay. Can't wait. Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. In addition to singing out loud and hiking and doing things like that. um, Okay. For me, cleaning my bedroom Mm. really restores my light. This is a twofold purpose. Okay. As I've mentioned before as well, the bedroom is a place my entire family tends to congregate. Not sure why. We're working on that. But when my bedroom is not clean, organized, beds made, it tends to throw throw me into a bit of like a tailspin in the morning. Sure. Does that mean my bedroom's clean all the time? No. But if I'm feeling a loss of light and I go in my master bedroom and clean and vacuum and make that place a sanctuary, that does. It restores light to me and it does actually restore light to my marriage. So figure out those things that restore light. Beck, what restores light when you're kind of feeling feeling that light dimming. So we talked about this a little bit before. I do ebb and flow and what that kind of means for me. But lately, because I am better about those morning priorities, mm-hmm. putting first things first, Yeah, refer to episode five, Right. Um, I that, that restores light to me because I feel like I'm starting the day, every single day, every new set of 24 hours on the right foot. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting my tone in place. What is my tone for the day? What's my light for the day? Well, I've prioritized making sure that I am centered I've had stillness. Yeah. I ideally, because I'm not perfect, but ideally I am moving my body and getting outside for either fresh air or exercising in some way, mm-hmm. reading scriptures, praying, right. and just really just toning, toning, no, not toning, tuning into tuning what is in. most important mm-hmm. before anything else. That's a big deal to me. You you bring up the master bedroom, cleaning it as a kind of as a silly thing. I say that is not silly at all. Cleanliness big deal. is... So meaningful to David and I. Both of us appreciate it so much. And when we um, can just spend a little time tidying, organizing, cleaning, we both feel way better. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's to me, that is what restores light as well is cleanliness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll just bring it up again serving, getting outside serving. myself and reaching out to anyone. Serving does not equal service project, serving is serving. Mm-hmm. So, whatever that looks like, small or big. 
it can completely restore light in me by being outside myself, thinking about someone, extending myself towards someone, smiling at someone, texting someone, writing a handwritten note, whatever it is, however small it is, that for me very much restores light. And let me just point out, in case I haven't made this clear, okay, the most important person in your life to serve is your spouse. Amen. It doesn't have to be a friend or someone in the, your very most important person to serve is your spouse. And so you could very well restore life by, restore life, restore <laughs> or life it and is. light <laughs> by doing something that's meaningful to your spouse, by serving yes. your spouse, serving your children. That is, that's the first place we, sh- we should first, be looking. Always yeah. the first the grass is greenest where you water it the most, right? Oh, girl. Okay. That's good. So now that my bedroom's clean and I'm feeling restored, yes. what are some things we can do for our marriage? So tip number two, establish your marriage as a star of your life. There is truly nothing in my life that I am more proud of or I've put more effort into than my marriage with my husband. It is my absolute number one focus before my children, my marriage comes first. That's going to throw some people off. It is going to. But throw wait, some people the kids off. are more important. The kids need us. The we ki- need to give them the all of our attention. The kids need you, mm-hmm. and your marriage needs to be strong to be the best parent you can be for your kids. That is not to say that if you are divorced or widowed or single, that is not diminishing your role at all right but if you are in a situation where you are in a marriage your marriage is extremely important for your children it honestly helps kids there is absolutely evidence and research on this what i'm about to say um but there is so much evidence that points to the fact that kids feel a an immense amount of security and boost in their self-esteem just through that. And that's that's kind of the point that we're, we want to drive home here is if you are in a married relationship, not everybody listening is, um, but if you are to secure that and make that your number one priority before the kids is what will help the kids to feel mm-hmm. loved, to feel secure, to feel safe, to feel valued, yeah. to feel all of that. Nothing will mean more than having mom and dad illustrate to the kids that they are each other's most important priority. It doesn't always work that way. I get that. We definitely are not talking in, um, with, you know, naive perspectives that that's just, you know, hunky dory. Everyone's just doing great and just love each other a little more. And that's it. We understand that there are different situations Mm -hmm. and there are exceptions to that. But if you are in a married relationship, make each other the star of your life. That's, I love that. I want to be, I mean, I want to be a star. Who doesn't want to be a star? You are a star. And so I want to be the star in my husband's life. Yeah. Which leads me to my next point. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I need you to really hear this. I'm listening. You have to protect the things you say about your spouse. Yes. Do not talk bad about your marriage to your friends, to whoever complaining about your spouse Mm -hmm. will make those problems magnified yeah it is something that you should not do and it is a betrayal of trust Mm -hmm. that's not to say you can't have that one friend in fact what my husband and i have done is he he and i talk about this kind of thing all the time and we've said to each other for my husband 
if honey, if you are really struggling with me and you need to like get it out and bounce it off somebody, there is an approved person in his life that oh, I have approved. I love this. And there's approved people in my life. What? And the person for my husband is his is his brother Mike. Uh-huh. Because I know that no matter what Taylor says, Mike loves me. Mike is going to point him in the right direction. Yeah. Mike is a champion for my marriage. Yes. And those are the people that you need to be talking about yes. your marriage to if you need have that need to kind of talk to a third party. I love that. But be that. a champion for your marriage. Vocalize if you vocalize positivity, it will help your brain to be more focused on that mm-hmm. track, ladies. Preserve your marriage and make your husband vocally to everyone you talk about your marriage with. Make your husband, make your wife the champion. Make them the star because that's really what they are. You know what I just realized? Hmm. As you were saying that, I was reflecting on my friendships, particularly with women. Well, uh-huh. only with women. Um, and I was thinking, you know, do, do which friends struggle with that which friends of mine really struggle and, and kind of badmouth their husbands none of them right I, my point not because I have perfect friends but because I you do have perfect friends. I mean you're kidding. perfect <laughs> you're practically perfect in every way but I was that a Disney reference I oh, oh did you see what just happened people is it happening there was an unintentional Disney reference is it from and Aladdin? so the transmission begins <laughs> No, it's from Mary Poppins. I but knew that. I knew that. I'm messing with you. See you guys, how that's I, happening? I don't hate you didn't Disney. Even know it. I just, <laughs> I just need more. I need more passion for it. I suppose. Um, here's my point. Besides the fact that you are perfect, thank you. Um, I gravitate toward girlfriends, friends in my life that share that value. Mm-hmm. I don't badmouth David. You will never hear me speak negatively about my husband. That's right. something that I have been very conscientious about for our entire marriage, 23 years and counting. And I have realized that I gravitate toward other women who value their marriages. Your point and the word that you use for that, champion. I love that. We should be champions of our own marriages and we should be championing others in their marriages. Mm-hmm. That should be the most important relationship to everybody. And we all, I think everyone listening feels that success in the home with marriage and family is the key to success in society. And that's where it begins. Mm -hmm. And no failure in the home can compensate for failure outside of the home and all of Mm -hmm. that. And so championing each other, supporting each other, so that if you do have a friend who does come to you, let's just bring it full circle real quick, Mm -hmm. who comes to you and wants to unload and badmouth their spouse Perhaps the way to handle that situation is to not be like, oh, yeah, he sucks. That's terrible. He's the worst ever. How can you even You're stay right. married? You're right. Dude, what a jerk. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah, now, it doesn't work. It doesn't help. It doesn't mm-hmm. solve anything. So be the friend that champions your friend's marriage to say, that's tough. That's really hard. Maybe you even relate to the situation mm-hmm. or whatever. I feel yeah, like I've sister. totally been there. You're not alone. Exactly. Yeah. And offer support hey, your marriage is more important than anything. How can I help you? How can you help your friend even see the, remind her or him, and most of us are women here listening, mm-hmm. talking. How can we remind our friend about those positive things in their spouse just to get their mind going again? I have had I friends, and I'll say it time and time again. We talked about it in episode one. I value friends that champion my goals in life, that yes. champion my marriage, that champion my family, that champion the things that I'm after. And I have 
really all my friends, if I came to someone, one of my good friends and was saying, oh, you won't believe what Taylor did. He didn't make the bed and then he left and I was watching the kids. And, and I so value that friend that's like, whoa, you're mm-hmm. on a sl- like slippery slope. Stop yourself. Listen to what you just said. Yeah. While he was watching the kids, he didn't clean up. He was watching your Hello. kids. Like, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. And I so value and I need that in friends. I need my friends to stop me when I am, like, getting all hot and bothered and, like, riled up about totally. something that doesn't matter. I love when my friends are like, whoa, dude. Settle down. Slow your roll. Yeah. Let's let's look at what the actual truth is here. Well. And I, I just so value that in friends. I was That's what I was thinking when you were saying that. I totally agree. And it almost makes that friend go up a notch. Amen. In your book, because in my book, because there's, there's a, you have to, you have to be trusted and you have to feel a lot of respect to have the courage to say, slow your roll. Yeah. Take a step back. Think about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You have a great husband. He's a great guy. Let's mm-hmm. focus on that. So I, I agree. Well, All I can tell amens. you right, or mm-hmm. tell you right now, my husband really appreciates those friends because if I'm in a little tizzy about him, it's definitely not him that can stop me in the tizzy. But man, I sure love those girlfriends that, yes. that are that champion for my life. So let's make sure our vocalizations about our husbands or wives or partners relationships is positive. Focus on the positive. Just be that champion. Well, and one more thing on that. The more negative you are about your spouse, your friends, your coworkers, your boss, your whoever, the people that you serve with, the more negative you are, the more people will feel insecure about how you feel about them. It doesn't yeah. serve anyone. It doesn't do any good. It doesn't make you look cool. It doesn't shine light on you at all. It no, it doesn't. just makes you look bad. It does. So let's, that's you know kind of a broader topic than just marriage, but let's keep things positive. Let's look for positive things in people, and let's emphasize that. Really just in life. Go right. be a light giver. You just shine your little bright so light, light so bright that you're just filling everybody's light meter. Seriously. Keep yourself full of light. Love that. The last little part of this um, this second tip of establishing your marriage as a star of your life that I quickly want to touch on is if your marriage is the star of your life, then the time that you spend should reflect that. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to use our time not on mm-hmm. our marriage to mm-hmm. – be engaged with thing with things with the kids. This is something I have to be very, very intentional about. And it's yeah. been, to be honest, something in the past where my husband has been like, Hey, I'm here. Hello. I know we have all this going on in your great mother, but I'm here. I need you too. Um, and so being intentional with the time that you spend, if, if your marriage is a star of your life, then your time allotment should reflect that. For Taylor and I, we have certain times of the week that are completely reserved um, for us. We do on Sunday nights. We come together. We discuss the next two weeks of schedules, of finances, of just what the next two weeks looks like, our goals. And we just take that time every Sunday night for an hour or whatever to come together to discuss that. Mm-hmm. And it has been extremely helpful for us. I love us. that you guys do that. We also, and I will say this, we make it a goal to go on a weekly date night. Yes. Proudfits fail at this goal. We make a goal to go out once a week. We have a lot of sporting things with the kids. And that is our, our goal is once a week. Uh-huh. Our actuality, two to three times a month. Okay, that is not a fail. That is not a fail. I'm telling you right now, that is a huge success. But sometimes that will look like, Taylor, I really need to go to Costco and it is 7 o'clock. Why don't you come with me? Great. Date night. Yes. 
hey, I, you can't move on before I share something that's happening right now today. I right now it. in this very moment. What's happening? <laughs> what? This is I really can't wait. I know. No, it's so great because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm putting that into practice. Um, before you even talked about it, mm-hmm. before I even got to here to my therapy session. So um, this whole like making sure that you allot the time. I'm going to add the and to that to say it's not only the time that you physically spend together. Mm-hmm. It's your presence in that moment and mm-hmm. being there. And this is what I'm trying to illustrate. Yes. So I have a very full week. I have a very full day. After we record today, I have the list is long, right? Right. Okay. So work's important. Kids are important. This is going on. That's going on. Well, David and I have calendared that there's going to be an hour today, this afternoon, that we can spend together at the house that we're building to go over some decision making. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds super romantic. Just stay with me here. Okay. In that hour, I already know that instinctually I am going to be stressed mm-hmm. because I'm carving out this time away from all the other stuff that has to get done, yeah. even though this is also important. And quite frankly, it's fun, right? Mm-hmm. If we're choosing things. That for, is fun. That's really fun. Yeah. But because of what's on my list, that's what makes it seem a little bit more like a chore. Right. And I'm not saying I don't recognize it as a blessing that we're building a house together and that's great, but I'm just saying it's a stressful day. There's a lot going right. on. And so I, this morning, made a conscientious choice. And this is part of what goes back to the stillness and the praying and the centering mm-hmm. myself. And the thought came to me during that stillness when I was looking at my schedule and then I was just kind of in my own thoughts, mm-hmm. I made a conscious decision that when we have that hour together at the house, that he will feel that I am so excited to be with him, that we get to do this together and it's fun. And he's not going to sense an ounce of stress in me. You're not going to be answering emails on your phone. I'm not going to look at my phone. You're not going to be trying to like... But I'm also not even... Even beyond the not multitasking is also the the feeling he's going to have for me because I can be present. Right. I can not check you my can, phone. Well, I think the key is, is you can be physically there. Correct. And not be present. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's why I want to add the and is we physically need to spend that time together mm-hmm. and we need to put aside the world, put aside the kids, put aside the work, put aside the hobbies and all the things that are distracting us from what we are trying to illustrate here, which is the most important relationship mm-hmm. and be sure that they feel that, not just that you showed up, but that you are truly present emotionally, right. um, mentally, you're there. Well, so. to be honest, don't you think you're going to have a greater experience For doing sure. those fun things? Nobody and loses. it won't feel like a chore, right? Right. No, I'm you're being intentional and you're focusing. looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it for you. I thank you. I, I would, would like some pictures sent to my phone of some I choices I shall, made. because guess what we're doing? We're choosing what? the white. White I'm is gonna not, not need, white. I'm going to not need pictures, so I take that back. <laughs> you go ahead and make that decision. You're welcome. Way to go. Yeah. Okay, so once you have made yourself a whole person, you're taking care of yourself, and then you've established the marriage as the star of your life, tip number three is you have to work to connect with your spouse. And I intentionally put the word work because yep. it is an active, sometimes hard, mm-hmm. it is a working situation. Um Now, this is something what I'm going to share with you next. Working to connect with your spouse, okay? There are tons of books that talk about different ways to connect with your spouse and the five love languages and figuring that out. What has been most helpful for me is I needed to know Taylor's cues, Mm. verbal, nonverbal, physical, all the – his cues that he has when he is asking for attention, Mm. right? Okay. 
I have learned to try to be very um, exact and very succinct and very vocal about things that I need, right? Saying the expectations I have. I try to be communicate those very effectively to my spouse because if he doesn't know what my expectations and needs are, right. of course he's going to fail. Right. It's not natural for him to be like, oh, I feel like Becky's having a bad day. I bet that means she wants a foot rub in chocolate. Like, that's just not how it works. People don't read people's minds, guys. So I try to be very vocal and very intentional with with letting him know what my expectations and needs are. That being said, that vocalization is very important. I also try to really look at what are my husband's cues when he's saying, like, he, he needs attention, mm-hmm. right? I can't wait to hear what you're talking about because I'm I'm all in. I'm leaning in, sister. <laughs> what? Tell me what cues? kind of cues we are talking about. My husband has a face. Like when he comes oh, home from work and okay. he will say like, you know, how was your day? Blah, blah. I can tell if it's kind of like a pursed lip little face. Okay. And that's kind of my cue. Like mm. he's telling me his day was good. Clearly he needs a little bit of one-on-one time with me to kind of process through. Okay. I can tell because he's not going to come home. He's very good. He's not going to come home and just unload on me. No, and he's super even-tempered anyway. Very. He's a pleasant guy. He's but I can tell demeanor. when that first lip mm-hmm. is present, okay, there's something going on that I just need to take the time to notice and say, honey, you know, I, I feel like there's something something going on. Is Come come share this with me. And that's been really great for, for, for me to notice something on him and say, okay, something's off. Let's go. Let's go chat. And it's usually – about work or about the drive home sure. or something even small, but just the effort it took to notice, you know, there was something off. So you kind of have to figure out what are their cues. That's a, that's a really significant thing. What I'm processing right now is, will that mean, will that be meaningful to everybody? Do you think that Absolutely. everybody would appreciate their spouse or best friend noticing those cues? Or do you think that some people may not want to be questioned. Hey, it looks like something's wrong. You want to talk about it? Does that bother some people? If you're a person who doesn't like to be questioned, and again, my husband, like you said, he's pretty even-tempered, and sometimes he recognizes this is an irrational feeling I'm having and I really don't want to talk about it. Mm. And then he'll just simply respond, no, totally fine. It was just something dumb. I just need to. Okay. So if you're that kind of person, don't be offended. Be thankful that they love you enough to even care to look and just say, no, it's something dumb. I I just need a minute. Well, and that's what I'm processing. It's, it seems to me that most humans would probably appreciate someone picking up on a cue. Right. But it takes practice. It and does. It, and it's very yeah. individual. For instance, one of our good friends, Cindy, has a facial cue as well that I – and hers is also a very distinct purse slip. And when uh-huh. she comes in and I say something and she kind of makes the purse slip, I'll be like, okay, there's the purse slip. What's going on? Tell me what's going on. You'll actually and tell she, her. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. I kind of, it's kind of a joking thing now, but I think Cindy really appreciates that. Yeah. We'll have to have Cindy chime in to see if she appreciates. But yeah, for sure. I, I notice her tells of, of when something is a little bit off. Yeah. This also bleeds into, though, your spouse's need for physical affection yeah. and what their cues are for that. I know if Taylor sits next to me on the couch – he wants to snuggle. He wants yep. to hold hands. And it's important that I that I look at those cues as him um, kind of letting me know a need that he has and making mm-hmm. sure that I'm there to mm-hmm. to hold his hands and, and snuggle, even if, you know, I'm on my laptop and, and want or need to be doing something else. It's important to yes. recognize and do my best to try to, you know, fulfill and recognize what his needs are. 
David takes it to the next level and what leans he forward. He leans forward like, okay, you know what to do. Oh, scratching of the <laughs> yes. back? Is that the scratching of the back cue? It totally is. And <sighs> my boys, it's my husband and our two sons, all three of them are desperate for that physical affection from me on a regular basis. Yep. I am constantly scratching back. So, you know, we're not going to go in deep on love languages today. Right. But, and my daughter is the opposite. The app, yeah. like I have to ask permission to even touch her. Right. right? <laughs> like, may I pat your back? May, may I, I please? May I rub your shoulder? And usually the right. answer is no. Nope. <laughs> but I sure love you. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. you know, I, I think that sometimes this is, this is why I wanted to bring that up. Sometimes mm-hmm. as cues are real obvious, that's kind of the most obvious cue, you know, in my in our, you know, in that physical affection with my husband and also my boys. Mm -hmm. But to what you're saying, and I feel like this is going to be one of my personal biggest takeaways from what we're talking about, is that acknowledging and understanding those cues and then really like working with those cues Mm -hmm. is something to be practiced. Absolutely. It is to be practiced. Not natural that we know how to pick up on people's cues. Right. So I guess there's two pieces to it. One. Yeah. Be good about vocalizing. Number two, try to be intuitive and really be thinking about that person and notice their cues. Yep. Now, what do you, what if you don't know what their cues are? What if you have a stone-faced non-cue person? Because oh, some people are that way. You. Very easy solution. Okay. You ready? This is pretty, like, complicated. Can't wait for my world to be wrong. You have to ask them. Yeah. You have to ask them. You have to say, listen, I really want to be – fulfilling all of your needs and and making sure your expectations are met help me help me to know what this means when you do this what does that mean what are you and have that conversation so that you can start to kind of piece together and I remember in early marriage the hardest part was you're raised in two different we had no flipping clue what the other one was trying to say verbally or non-verbally yeah and so sitting down to have that conversation to say okay how do you feel connected? What What are the things I do that make you feel connected to me? And then it. when they tell you those things, you darn well better do it. Yeah. Right? This sounds like a great date night topic. Yeah. Like even at Costco. This, just right? saying. Whether you're driving to Costco or you're yep. heading to dinner and a movie or whatever, make that an intentional conversation. I, our date nights um, don't always have intentional conversations about our marriage or relationship, mm-hmm. obviously. Which is great too. No, it's we go out and we have a good time and we connect yeah. and it's all great. You don't have to always have these on a regular basis. But once in a while, and I would encourage you to do it the next time you're going out with your spouse, have that conversation. Hey, what do I do that makes you feel the closest to me? Mm-hmm. What things, Or what are some things I do that, that repel? make that repel? Yeah. yeah. That, that, mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll give you an example here. So do the conversation in love. Conversation. <laughs> absolutely. And, and be humble. Yeah. Be humble and don't, don't be defensive about it. Just no. ask in love and ask them to share in love. Mm-hmm. And even if they're saying it in a, if you're in a tumultuous time, if there's, you can always choose how you react. So even if they're saying it in mm-hmm. a less than loving way, you can make sure you receive it in a loving way. That's your thank choice. You. Thank you for telling me because I, will, I didn't work realize. And model that good behavior of yeah. thanks for letting me know. I'll be sure to work on that. Or even if you don't agree, you can at least say, thank you for sharing that. I wasn't aware that yes. I was coming across that way. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to come across that way. Yes. Yeah. I, of course. Fantastic. Nobody wants to be mean. No. In um, a study conducted by John Gottman, he is talking about the interactions in families and particularly in between spouses. Mm -hmm. And he gave a goal 
And this goal seems really high to me, to be honest with you. And I feel like I have a pretty strong marriage that you want to keep your interactions at a five to one ratio. And this is with parenting, spouse. So five positive interactions for every one negative interaction. Oh, okay. Now, if you really stop and think about, I mean, there are children Mm. of mine right now that we're probably at a one-to-one. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so if you're in that place with your spouse where you're having kind of finding yourself in that high-conflict situation, you almost need to be intentionally looking for ways to create positive interactions to to. kind of even that ratio out. Yeah. But I wouldn't feel very good if my husband came home and our first four interactions were negative. Right. And then maybe there are one or two positive But even more than that, it needs to be five to one. So if you're in a high conflict and you're having one to one, let's start making a goal to, okay, this week we're going to do two to one. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to do three to one. And I have found as I am concentrating on making sure the positive interactions not only outweigh but really outweigh the negative interactions, Mm -hmm. as you practice that, it becomes more natural. And you might be in a pattern of having more negative. The way you started this episode was with the word work. This work. is what we're talking about. Oh, I had a song in my head. This, oh, sing it. Work, 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 work. You know that song? <laughs> Joyful, awesome work. It is work and it's the best kind of work and it's the most important work. But this is these tips that we're sharing and these tools that basically Becky is handing you on a gold platter. This is what work looks like. Just thinking about the ratio thing, that feels like that's work. And that feels like great But it's work. quantifiable. I don't know about you, know. but I love a quantifiable effort. Right. That is something I can absolutely, I can track. Yeah. I can have a secret little ticker on my phone or something I that I can really There's track. There's apps for that. There, I'm, if oh, not, for the love, I let's know. make an app for that. Well, somebody is now. <laughs> Do it. You're After welcome. listening to episode six of Cultivating Your Life. <laughs> Please send us the app because I'll use it. Seriously. As you're talking and thinking about that ratio, this this is crucial. And this, for me, has been a game changer. Again, I mentioned we all are raised in different circumstances. Right. You may have come from a, a divorced family. a happily, you, We all come from different places that have different communication styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I found in my early marriage that there were certain communications and ways of communicating things that when I would be or say or do those things, that that would immediately break the connection. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. So be aware of things that you do that will immediately break that connection if you're not sure what those things are, which I Ew, I do. I do. What? I Go do. Ahead. My hand is raised. I do. Yes. You in the back <laughs> row with your hand raised? <laughs> when I am defensive. Oh, when it was yes. never a big deal in the first place and David mm-hmm. just mentioned something, but I, I take his tone to be something that I have to be defensive about. <laughs> you are about. just totally attacking me as a woman. Well, I never say yeah. that. But I do. I bet you I do. I get defensive because long. I can always defend myself. Look, mm-hmm. like I make intentional choices. I think I try to do the right thing all of the time. When somebody might question my decision about anything, I can always defend it. I can right. always explain myself. Mm-hmm. And so that is a weakness that I've had to work through is that when I get defensive quickly with David, it, it spirals it in a completely different direction because then he gets defensive and he's like, what the heck? Well, right? and how often do you think he's going to come to you with his thoughts and feelings right. if when he expresses that, you perceive it as an attack and shut him down. That's right. We're, we're sending the single, signal like, sorry, your thoughts aren't valid and good here. No, I'm just going to get mad at you no matter what you say because exactly. I'm just going to be defensive. Because that's just what's going to happen. Right. They're not going to want to come to you. And I don't. I know I don't want to go to my husband if he's in, in that kind of mode. That's, that's right. not a safe place exactly. to be. 
So be aware of those reactions that will immediately break the connection. And for the love, try as hard as you can to control those reactions. Again, I'll say, if you don't know, if you truly in your heart of hearts don't know what reactions you have that break that connection, ask your spouse. Yeah. And when they tell you, receive it with love Mm -hmm. and an open mind. Yeah. Because they're coming from a place where what you think is not aggressive may seem very aggressive to them. Absolutely. Okay. Um, If I react in an aggressive way when my husband has has verbalized a need or an expectation to me, if I react in an aggressive way or in a defensive way, he is not likely to come to me again with a need Mm -hmm. that he has. That's how it works. And if his needs are not, if he doesn't feel safe to express his needs and expectations, mm-hmm. that, that leaves you in a bad place. Right. Because that breaks that line of communication. Um, Could not agree with you more. That's a tough one, though. It really is. It's something that takes practice. So yeah. start practicing. And I really, I think your spouse notices that you're just putting forth an effort. And that means a lot. As a reminder, if your spouse does not feel secure when they come to you, because mm-hmm. they feel like every time they do come to you, you are going to attack or defend or just be feisty or whatever. Don't you think that that would maybe send your spouse in another direction and maybe look for validation in other ways? Mm-hmm. It's not what you want. You want to make sure that it. I mean, we've talked about this in um, in episode four when we talked about kids and tech. You want your kids to feel that when they do want to talk to you and need to share with you something that they've done or seen or struggling with or whatever, that they, they feel like you're going to receive them in love no matter what. Yeah. If your spouse needs to come to you and say, look, I'm kind of bothered that you're doing X, Y, and Z, like we said earlier, thank them and, and accept yeah. that humbly and go, okay, you know what's really cool? I've got a spouse who cares enough about my personal progress right. that they're willing to share it with me, and I do have work to do. Or that we they're willing do. to come to you and not just go complain to someone else. That's right. And we're trying to avoid anybody, husband or wife, in any marriage going outside of the marriage to bicker in the first place. Mm-hmm. Keep it all in-house. Just make yourself a safe place. And yeah. I have found this to be especially difficult um, in times of sleep deprivation, in times mm-hmm. of stress. Uh, we're raising teenagers now. So that's a real, Woo-hoo! that that's a has been episode. a real experience. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Our teenagers are great, but, they are. Um, but you especially have to watch it during those times of high stress. Recognize any effort that your spouse is putting into making a connection with you. Yes. As you're learning each other's kind of ways you give and receive love, their, uh, ex- or their example, their um, way of showing you love may not be the perfect way that you want to be be shown love. Mm-hmm. You can totally communicate that, but before you do that, recognize the effort. When effort is recognized, it multiplies. That's right. Right? When you're given positive reinforcement for effort put forth, um, have the conversation, maybe not at that right minute, you know, mm-hmm. right right then in that situation, but recognize the effort that they are putting forth. Um, the last part that I wanted um, to talk about in this section is if there is something that is that is bothering you, that is kind of in something you've thought about and maybe even perseverated about for some time, make sure that you communicate that in a loving way to your spouse. It's absolutely okay to bring up expectations, conflict, um, annoyances. Mm-hmm. But first you need to recognize 
is this something that's really that important Mm -hmm. or is this something I can let go? Right. And then if you've decided it's something you really do need to address, make sure you address it. Don't stuff it down. Don't leave a trail of garbage. You know, when my kids leave, the, you know, come in from school, leave their shoes in the front and their lunch boxes in the dining room and, and there's that trail, mm-hmm. your house gets cluttered. You do not want your marriage to be cluttered. So if you have determined something is happening that needs to be addressed, address it. Do it prayerfully, do it humbly and do it with love, but address it. You don't want that stuff to build up because it will clutter up your marriage. That's right. Another analogy for that it, that comes to mind is sweeping things under the carpet. We all know that saying. Mm-hmm. And what what feels so applicable with that that visual is you know you've got the broom in your hand. You know what you're sweeping under the carpet. And so even though it's out of sight, out of mind, lies. It's not out of your mind. Mm-hmm. It's out of sight. You can't physically see the crap yeah. that you're sweeping under the carpet. But you absolutely know that it's there, and and that is a detriment to your soul. It's a weight. It's an extra weight in your backpack that you're carrying around for what? Right. And easier said than done. Again, go back to what we talked about earlier. If you need a third party, mm-hmm. get a therapist involved, Great. a marriage counselor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do the work, but don't leave these things unresolved. Don't leave the things unresolved. Yeah. That is a great one. Our fourth and final tip I want to leave with you is to create moments within your marriage. So we had talked about Taylor's and my uh, anniversary tradition that we accomplished something new. The reason why we started the hiking thing was because that's something he has grown up and just loved doing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of brought that up as like a little I love you to him. Like, hey, how about we hike the Grand Canyon? And the look of joy in his eyes when I said that. And I'll be darned if I didn't do that canyon hike, which, by the way, was flipping hard. Yeah. But I totally love hiking now. It is such a like a part was of that my a life. Point? It really was. Wow. And I love hiking now. Yeah. But putting forth that effort, creating a moment for us, we created that moment on our anniversary, and now we kind of create those moments every anniversary. I love that. Do something crazy and unexpected. Ooh. Do I'm tell. give you an example. <laughs> You know, I'm a person who likes to have fun, and so is my husband. One of the things I love most about my husband is he is insanely confident and could not give a rip who thinks what about him. I love it. So sometimes we go to Target, and um, we will just walk around Target. I've mentioned we go to Costco. Apparently, we do a lot of shopping on our date nights, (laughs) kind of mundane tasks. It's the place of life I'm at, so we're finding fun where we can find fun. Right. And... One of us or both of us will get in the little motorized scooters. Of course you do. And we will have races of course you do. around the store. I love it. <laughs> and it is so dumb, but it is so much fun. And, and it's just those little moments of crazy and remind you you're, I don't know, young again, I guess. I, I love that. I love that mostly because that's not David's and my love language. And yeah. that's what I hope everyone listening now is thinking about is like what does crazy and fun and spontaneous look like to you because i can tell you that my husband's worst nightmare would be yep. me proposing the idea <laughs> of riding around do you know how bad next time we're on date night with you i'm going to be like you know what you should. i'm going to just see what happens. the thing is is i would do it so when we were when we were expecting our first baby 
and I was deathly ill. Well, mm-hmm. okay, I wasn't like literally on my de- deathbed, right. but I was so sick and we had to go to Home Depot for something. And I physically could not even keep my neck up, let mm-hmm. alone my body. And I'm like, babe, can I please just like, I was asking permission, which They're is so They're called larks, silly. by the way. What are they called? Larks. Okay. Like the motorized shopping I don't know how thing? I know that, but they're called larks. That's cute. A lark scooter. You actually know that. Okay. So I wanted a lark and I felt like I needed to ask David if it would be okay. And he gave me a look that made me feel like that was the most ridiculous idea <laughs> and I didn't write it. He didn't. No. Isn't that so mean of Maybe David? Maybe you should have hopped in the shopping cart then and made I know. him push you like a... So here's my point. We may not be the couple, like the proud fits, that think that that is really fun. That, that makes you feel alive. So give us an example. What are some things you would say in your marriage with David would be something you could do that would be just unexpected? It doesn't even necessarily have to be crazy in the way that like riding scooters around Target yeah. is. But what are some things that could be just kind of an unexpected moment of fun? So here's what it makes me think of is anything that is fun to him that to me isn't necessarily fun Mm -hmm. when i jump into that we're having a good time so for example he loves we have a ranger which is like an atv Mm -hmm. you know and he loves riding that around that's to me i'm like that's fine right but because this is the key because i know that he enjoys it so much Mm -hmm. i'll do it and guess what every time i have a good time a bigger example and a, this is a story for another day, skiing. Yeah. He loves skiing. I do not love skiing. Right. But because I love my husband, I have learned to ski. I have overcome my fears. I have – there's really a truly a great story to that whole situation. Well, as we get older, let's be honest, okay? Skiing could really end <sighs> poorly. I mean, I've hurt myself and yeah. I have fears. And, and I set all of that to the side, mm-hmm. not for my personal growth. But for my husband, because I love him. And guess what happens every time I ski? He's just tickled pink. What about me? Do you have fun? I have fun. There you go. Right? And so when you ask the question, what are some of the examples of something that's fun, spontaneous, that, Mm -hmm. you know, off the cuff, whatever, to me, it's usually doing the things that David finds fun that I'm actually like, you know what? That's kind of fun. And do you find that as you are participating in things that are important to him, that then he participates in things. He's a lot more willing. That are to, important yes, to you. Yes. And we're, right? we are always very supportive of one another. But when we actually participate mm-hmm. in the thing that brings the other person joy, right. there is a connection that happens there that you mm-hmm. can't get otherwise. Yeah. It's, it's not just give and take. It's participation and mm-hmm. it's being present and it's saying it's going you know through what? i love something you. you don't want to do with an open mind and then i'll be darned if you don't have fun that's right i mean that's that's great right yep, for sure we're nearing the end we i are feel nearing it the end. <laughs> another robust the long one. episode i'm sorry <laughs> no it's so good um the last thing is something that taylor and i have done and you're gonna have to figure out a way that this works for you and your family and your financial situation and your spouse but once a year at least, Taylor and I will go on a trip, he and I alone. Yes. Cannot stress the importance of going on a trip alone. Um, one year, I remember we had gotten someone to watch our kids, and we decided as we were kind of leaving, we were both like, we are seriously just too, like, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. And we literally stayed at home for two days and, like, ordered takeout and watched TV. Love it. And for that time in our life, Perfect. We love taking a trip together. And so there's a million ways to accomplish that. 
Um, it doesn't have to be that you fly on an airplane and go someplace romantic and exotic. Right. It's just that importance of having more than 24 hours without your children alone, remembering the two people that fell in love and why you're married. Yeah. Because for me, it's a challenge. One of the things that probably is the thing I have to work the most on um, in, in making sure I'm an active and willing participant in my marriage is I have to switch from mom mode to wife mode. And on a day-to-day basis, that is a very challenging thing. Uh, for everybody. I, oh, yeah. Every woman listening who yes. is married and who also is a mother, especially switching gears from mom mode or working mode or whatever mode to wife mode, not easy. Very hard. You mentioned on another episode, I don't remember which one, about taking a bath and watching Netflix or whatever it mm-hmm. was that you said. Yeah. Like, and how that helps you transition. Gives you that, yes. Like, that's great. Find your thing that can help you to switch gears. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Is Absolutely. Being able to- but when you're, in, when you're in a marriage and when, you know, like we are in the, in the phase of parenting or your thing could be work or your, whatever your thing is, right. it takes longer than 24 hours to really make that um, an intentional time together. And so make sure that the trip you take is more than 24 hours and get out there. Go to a hotel. For go sure. Go to wherever you need to go to. Go camping. Seriously, that would be fun. Well, and that's what I was going to make sure we said is that it doesn't have to be something that costs money. Yes, it doesn't have to be something that costs money, but make sure that you spend that time. Treat your marriage with the time and care that it deserves. It is your most important relationship in your life, and your time and your effort should absolutely reflect that. I want to leave you with one last thought. Here it comes. And this was the nugget of wisdom dropped by one of my good friends, Amanda, Um, And she has told me this a million times, but it really resonates with me. It is way, way easier to tear something down than it is to build it up, Mm -hmm. right? We need to keep that five to one ratio. Please go make sure that your speech pattern, that your effort, that your intention with your marriage is in an effort to build up your spouse, to build up your marriage. And by doing that, you build up your family, you build up yourself, but it's way easier to tear it down than it is to build it up. So if you've been in, if you've both been in a teardown mode, take the time to build that back up. You want it to be strong and that takes effort and it takes work. So go be little builders, brick by brick. That's what it is. Lay it out. Yeah. And just make it happen. Embrace your spouse for who they are. Mm-hmm. Be thankful that you have a spouse. Yeah. Because most people listening to this episode will be in that scenario. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Becky, look, look proactively. This is a verb. Look for ways that you can build them up. I love that. It's going to be great. You guys are doing great. And we hope that you have been able to connect with this episode to get a few tips of how you can make your marriage just the best that it can be. And better than before. Better th- that's the step, right? Yeah. Better than before. One step in the right direction. Absolutely. Take that one step together and be working towards something that's amazing. Thanks for my therapy session. This You're has welcome. been incredible. Really, I'm just sharing the information of the multiple therapy sessions I've had oh. in these classes I've taken. Oh, and there's so much good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. There really is. We hope that you guys have felt from our personal experiences, especially as Becky has put a lot of thought into um, how to narrow down what to share because you talk oh, about man. marriage we could talk about this for days Jeez. marriage is the, one of the biggest topics ever mm-hmm. and that is why we will be talking about this again in a different way but um, these tips today and these tangible action actionable things 
are, in my opinion, quite valuable. Thank you for sharing all that. This has been awesome. Well, thanks for your input. Many thanks again to JotMade. They are just fabulous. We love them. We love their products. And we want you to consider checking them out at JutMade.com. That's J-U-T, JutMade.com. And make sure that you enter Becky10 at checkout so that you can save 10%. Most importantly, guys, go on with your day and be sure to let your spouse know that they are the center of your universe. See you next time. Yeah, you want some? Smells good. No, no, I'm good. I like it. Okay, I have had a pep talk with myself about not having throat phlegm. Throat phlegm? (laughs) I didn't notice you having throat. No. Oh, like like I gotta just clear my throat, and I can't. Like I'm like no, that like that is not gonna happen today. Hmm. Are you ready for this? Yes. Crew this morning said, "Mom, I can't get your podcast song out of my head." Was that our goal? Mm-hmm. Check, check, check it one, two. Wiki, wiki, wiki. <laughs> Please tell me we're recording because that would have been a great outtake. <laughs>